Welcome to My Best 11 podcast. Today we are joined by a striker who has been at a number of clubs in well, across the world, really. Um, Charlton, Luton, Millwall, um, Notts County, um, Immobile, Albufeira, Gravesend, AFC Wimbledon, Senkampen, Paul, Woking. I'm probably pronouncing some of these even wrong, not Woking. But today we have a man who is also a Ghanaian international. Today we are joined by Kim Grant. How are you, Kim? I'm very good, Andrew. Thanks for having me on board. Excellent, excellent. Marvin, managed to get Kim on. Um, known from his Luton days? Well, all three games of them, according to Wikipedia. Mind, I mean, what? What's going on there, by the way? Huh? Um, he must yeah, have made I a very big impression. Marvin. A very big impression, Marvin. <laughs> well, no. Obviously, we know Wikipedia can be wrong some, um, sometimes. Um, I, knew, I knew he was there a lot longer than that. Yeah, so um, Kim came. Um, did you come on loan originally first? And then you... Uh, you... No, it was a direct signing. What was it? I thought you did yeah. I thought you come on loan and you scored some no, goals quite actually, rapidly. It was actually when the Charlton were in the playoffs and uh, we they signed Bradley Allen and uh, they needed the money to pay for him. And basically, to be honest with you, I should have actually come on loan because that year we went down when I came. We did really well right. to get out because we, I think we were way, way off the... We almost nearly sneaked out of it because um, we went on a good run. And and, and I, that year, Charlton went up and I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, what did I do, you know? So I, I didn't have to leave Charlton, but it's just thinking, I, I just thought that um, I needed some games and... Um, and then obviously Lenny brought me through the academy at Charlton. Right. And I was right. playing first team when I was 17. So I was there for what, eight, nine years. And when Lenny came right. in for me, I was like, I was contemplating what we have to go on up because you guys, obviously, Luton is was struggling and you know the, the location where it was as well. Um, right. But again, I've been, no, you probably was thinking like, again, no, not being disrespectful, you're probably thinking maybe come to us like get your career bagging some goals and then maybe come back again obviously that's probably how you was probably thinking yeah it was but yeah. actually that year I was playing really well for um, Charlton I scored against Liverpool I was playing we played Man United in the FA Cup quarterfinals um, I was banging in goals and it came to transfer window in January and uh, uh, Kirbishly decided to come bring Bradley Allen and um, I was like you know I had David White I had Alex Dyer I had Gary Nelson so we were fighting for Carl Eburn as well. So we were trying to fight for one spot. But I was doing really well. And Curb said he couldn't guarantee me anything. And the next minute, <laughs> on a transfer deadline day, Lenny's come in and put a bid. But I think there was a bit of a communication going on, that, knowing that they wanted right. to just shift me out. Do you know what I mean? And, um, how, old, how, old, how old was you then, Kim? I was, oh, I was like 24, 25. Um, but obviously, I've been at Charlton for a long time, so I just wanted to be of something new. But I should yeah. have gone on loan because I had the option to go on loan or a permanent. You did to come. You had an option yeah. to come on loan first. And, that, and the week before that, I signed a two-year, three-year contract with Charlton. Oh. I know. So it's a, I mean, it's weird. Then obviously, maybe there wasn't something. Maybe there wasn't something going on. They wouldn't give you a two-year contract if they thought about. Well, it was. Yeah, it, was, it just happened so fast, and obviously, it would be the first time as well that um, I'll be transferring to a new club because all I knew was Charlton since I was 15, you know, and right. then going to a different environment, I thought, okay, and it was Lenny as well. So it, I had confidence with him and and I knew you guys had a really good team as well, but you are the wrong foot of the table. And, and I was right. hoping that I, we would stay up. 
Um, but in hindsight, they got that was the day when um, Charlton beat Sunderland four three in a, in a at Wembley playoffs. At Wembley, okay, yeah, yeah. And I was spewing <laughs> afterwards. I was like, <laughs> no way. That, thanks, up, Lenny. <laughs> up they go to the Premier League, and <laughs> yeah, we went to uh, was it League One? League One as it is now. Yes, excellent. So right. we are here to talk about Kim's best eleven players he's yeah. ever set foot on the pitch with. So those people who haven't listened to the pod before, Kim can pick players who he's played with, internationals, club level, as long as he has played a competitive match with them, it is absolutely fine. So the first question we always like to ask, just to get a bit of structure, and I know you do a bit of coaching yourself um, on yeah. and off, Kim, is what formation have you gone for your team? I've gone for a, this is the formation I like to, you know, play anyway. Uh, I've gone for the 4-2-3-1. Um, is that your favourite or have you tried to just shoehorn as many of the good players? Um, I've, I've, I'm thinking of the players that um, I've played with will actually suit this system really, really well. Marvin, you know, in it. You're too direct. You're too direct with me. I like to play with the ball on the ground. Joking. So I'm, that's I'm what, joking. That's what I know. <laughs> no, um, I, I just felt that this system will really fit um, these type of players, and I think you love these players, Mark. Okay. They're very, very technical, very fast, defensive-minded, attack-minded. So both different. So transition will be really excellent. Excellent. So we are going to start off with the. Goalkeeper. So, give us a three. Um, yes, the goalkeeper was quite a tricky one because there's a, the clubs I've played with. Really, there's there's some young ones and there's some old, experienced ones. So, it was someone that do I need to name the clubs? No, no, you can just give us little clues. Give I mean, us little clues. Okay. He, he, he was a former England keeper, and he played for a club in the Midlands. I think. He oh, made his... Midlands. Was he, he a for, for... was he former Sorry. when you played? For... He was a former, yes. And you got it? No. <laughs> <laughs> was the was the was the club in the Midlands um Forest? No. Oh! It's the international one. <laughs> this was Dennis. And it England. was uh oh, the club oh. wasn't go on. Hold on. Did you say England International or just international? England. It, former England International. God, you can say something else there. Go on, give us that other bit you um, say. The colour is not blue from Midlands. From the Midlands. So it's Villa. Yeah. Villa. Aston Villa. Yeah. Did, yeah. Nig- did Nigel Spink play? Nigel Spink? England? Yeah. That's the yeah. one. Nigel, Nigel Spink. Yeah. 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 Nigel Spink. It was, a, it was a character. He was uh, really good down to earth, but he was like a presence in a goal. And uh, I played with him at Wood Mill. That's right. Yeah. And I, 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 yeah. I was thinking about him. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he was really good. Also, I, I, I thought about uh, other goalkeepers as well. Um, Kelvin Davis, you know, he was, he's a, he was a decent keeper for us. Um, Ian Fuel, you know, again, another yeah. very, 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 um, very good, good presence goalkeeper. You know, he's he stands there, he can his head hits the crossbar, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he was very good. Um, come to international clubs, I think you wouldn't know them, so I kind of... Um, Left them out, right? So, but I think that now just being the infield, probably the two best goalkeepers. Um, I had Mike Salmon at Charlton, um, Bob Boulder, but I think on the Nigel Spinks was, I think, about did, did you not have Crossley as well at Millwall? Was he at Millwall? Mark Crossley as well? Yes, yes, that's another good shout. Very, yes, yeah. Oh, so, yeah, so, so, 
What what do you I mean when you're when you're training as a striker, do yeah. you go up against the first team keepers or are you always playing against the youth the youth ones? So do no, you get to train with these people like Spink? Yeah, it was always the first thing. It's funny how we I don't know if Marv agreed with me on this. Strikers always get on really well with the goalkeepers, and the defenders don't really get on well with the goalkeepers. I don't know whether it's a chemistry of like us trying to challenge them and scoring against them, and they try to stop us from because we're strikers. Do you know what I mean? So I think they have a more of a rapport with us when we we and especially all the goalkeepers I worked with or played with. Um, we've always had a challenge and a rapport as a a link together. So that that's and I always prefer playing against the first team goalkeeper. You know. They have a bit more experience. They know the positioning, the, you know, so it's much more difficult. Do they go at you? I mean, do, do, the, is everybody trying hard all the time? Or is it a case to sometimes you're after building up particularly keeper's confidence if you know you've had a bad game or... Oh, no, we try to demolish the keeper's confidence. <laughs> we try to chip them, lock them, everything. No, that one. <laughs> For us, it's obviously about, you know, okay, you have sometimes have a laugh and a joke in that, but... You know, you do get into certain areas where you just want to chip the keeper and just try practice your technique if you're under pressure. Um, but yeah, it, it's you do take it seriously. But uh, majority of the time, when they get really angry, you keep winding them up and keep sticking in the corner. Brilliant. But Tony Thorpe was good at that. <laughs> yes, he was. I'd imagine there's probably many a video if you could go back nowadays and, and see strikers being chased around the pitch from goalkeepers just by winding them up. Is that right? I don't know how how it is now, like in the Premier Leagues with the with the, the setup. I'm sure they do it in training, but um, obviously the top 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 strikers are like phenomenal, you know, like Aguero yeah. and that. They, they just got a short back swing. But you, you know, were you tra- were you ever chased around a pitch by by goalkeepers who wanted to just lump you up? Well, I got Michael sent off. He took me out. At <laughs> <laughs> Old Trafford, and he's the only time he got red carded in his career. So. So um, how did that come about? How did that happen? I haven't seen that. That was in the FA Cup when he went. We, I went through and he just came out of nowhere. I didn't even see him coming. And actually, my shot was going in. I kind of hit it outside my boot and he came out. Like, you know how he spreads himself? Right. Just came out. And as I turned, I just saw him corner my eye and he just, just took me out. Like, it's literally about another 15 metres outside of his box. And like, I, I ended up winning the game? Yeah, that was in the game. He got, that was his first round. No, did you end up winning the game? Ch- no, and that, the funny story with that is um, we went in the half time uh, with their 10 men. We're not time, nil nil. We thought, yeah, we got we got half a chance. And that was such a brilliant team they had. And uh, next minute, within five minutes, Hughes is putting it in the, in the back of the net. With another five, 10 minutes, Count Chelsea's gone down and he's gone down again. Giggs and Kanchelskis just red arrows, then just killed again with 3 0. In 20 minutes, they killed us. They just stepped up another gear, and that was it. Interesting. Excellent. Excellent. So, we're going to go to defenders. So, you're playing four, four at the back. So, yeah. right backs and left backs. Yeah. Whichever one you like. Okay, we go left back first. I was my former teammate again. Um, it was at my first club. At your first club. Um... I'm going to throw something straight out there. Scott Minto. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. Bang on. What a player he was. Yeah, he, he was, was a very good player. Superb left foot. You know, he got transferred to Benfica as well. He went to Chelsea. Um, was he English? He or was he... Or have I got the Portuguese... Was he English or was he Portuguese? It was English. English. Oh, yeah, it's just because obviously he transferred to Benfica. And back then, that was yeah, rare. Yeah. I think that, that was really time, rare. That's when Graham Sooners was there. 
Oh uh, yeah, we've heard about this from, to, we've heard about this from to, Pembridge when about thirty five thousand players went out there. Yeah, all English players. You had Pembridge, went, you had Scott Minter, Dean Saunders. <laughs> but he went to Chelsea for big money, didn't he? Got good yeah, money. he went for I think at that time he went around eight hundred fifty thousand pounds, and that time was good money. Yeah, fullback. Actually, my my transfer to Luton was two fifty. Really, fifty thousand. Yeah, so it was quite decent money during that time. Was that ninety five, ninety six? Yeah, I think it was ninety six. Ninety six. Yeah, ninety six. I mean, yeah, that's 96. your first big transfer after obviously coming through the ranks at Charlton. Did it feel like it was putting pressure on you? Did you feel like you had to perform? Um, in some some sense, it did, but because um, what's his name, Robert Lee, um, Scott Minto. Anthony Barnes, they all went for big money before me because we went back to the Valley and we were trying to, the club was trying to get money back in and just to rebuild the, the Valley, you know, because obviously we were playing at Crystal Palace, West Ham, Acton Park and uh, Sellers Park. So that transition of that, because we were one of the first clubs to have like a top, top football academy, uh, training ground facilities, like almost every club has got now. So a lot of investment was put in that the Charlton Academy structure. And then when we were four, we went back to go to back to the Valley. Um, a lot of money needs to be recouped to reinvest. And that's why the exodus of us, we all, I mean, most of us all came through the Academy. So they made the money through the youth system. That's really, it's continued from there, really. But how, I mean, touching on that bit about the Academy, how come Charlton then for you? Where, where does it all start for you? I mean, it's actually, uh, it started at Brighton. Um, I was playing for Brighton Boys. At that time, it used to schoolboy forms. And um, at that time, I was 15. And uh, basically, Charlton saw me at uh, England under 15s. You know, literally, sure. I don't know if you ever went right. there, uh, Marv, uh, where they do the England under 15s. They used to the Walker Crisps under 15s. And you get selected for out of four or 5,000 players. They reduce right. down to 32, 24, and you go to Lillyshaw. With the the under 15 schools, and every every cup final, there's an under 15s England tour. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I didn't. I and mean, we didn't, they didn't. They didn't have. I mean, I'm older. I'm a, I'm a lot older than you. They didn't have that at the time when when I when when I was playing. But um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the, yeah. So so that, so I went there, and I, out of I think three and a half thousand players, I got down to the last I think 35 or something, and the last game. Um, the coach told me that uh, I scored a hat-trick on the last game and he said to me, I'm never going to be a pro football player. That was the England coach of the under fifth year doing the selection. So I left. Name him, him. name him, name him, name uh, him. Will, I'll okay. tell you afterwards. And it was funny. And, um, and later I, I went back, I went back to Brighton. I was like, it was like a casual under 15s. And uh, then Brighton was playing Charlton Athletic in a friendly at a, um, uh, New Eltham, the, the training ground. So, because I've been with Brighton for a little bit, it was because it was schoolboys. There was no, we weren't registered or anything. So I said, okay, I'm going to try. And I, I, at that time, I saw Charlton was in the um, first division. Now it's Premier League. And they were always struggling. They were down the bottom. And Brighton were in the old first division. And I don't know if you know Barry Lloyd. Yes. The centre back is yeah. um, Barry Lloyd. Yeah. No, Barry Lloyd is the uh, manager. I don't know if you knew him. Oh, he was no, the manager no, no, of Brighton no, no, no. back in I'm the day. Being, I'm getting confused with Larry Lloyd. Sorry, you're right. Uh, Larry and, Lloyd, yeah, he's a very old school um, coach. So I said to him, look, Charlton asked me to play. He's okay. He said, yeah, no problem. So we went and played Brighton, um, Charlton at the 
New Eltham training ground and I scored a hat-trick against Brighton and like they were like spewing and then literally after, straight afterwards um, I went home and they contacted us and they said they want to sign me up on YTS but I didn't wasn't too sure if I'll do it because obviously Brighton I'm from Brighton I'm living down Brighton so I went home thought about it and then we played um, the county schools you know that you get selected from yeah. the county so I was playing for Sussex and we played I think Surrey in a Corinthian Casuals um, stadium. And then the Charlton uh, Academy manager, at that time his name was Colin Clark, and he came to watch the game. I, I was sub and I came on and I scored. So he saw me in a game, scored three against them, uh, against Brighton, and he saw me. And then from there he contacted me and said, come to Charlton, we want to give you straight away. YT. That time it was a YTS, two-year scholarship, like YTS forms. And then I went out and I decided, decided which one to go, and I, I just went for Brighton. I felt sorry for, uh, I went for Charlton and I, I felt sorry for Brighton in a way because like I was with them for like a couple of years and stuff like that. But, um, and yeah, and I moved up to Bright, uh, to London, South London. I was in Diggs for two years and uh, 16, 17, I was playing first. Garth Crooks was playing at Charlton at that time. Right. Um, as a striker, he was coming to the end of his career. And I think he got injured and Lenny was, like scratching his head for strikers and that. And I was like really doing really well in the academy. At that time, I was 16, 17. I was scoring lots of goals. I played for the reserves um, at Welling and I was scoring loads of goals. And then Carl Cruz got injured. And next minute, he's put me in against Wolverhampton at home at Sellers Park. At that time, we were playing Sellers Park. And I think we were, it was nil-nil. And he brought me the last 15 minutes and I scored on my debut at 17. <laughs> Yeah, when one nil, win one nil, we won one nil. Yeah, oh, that's a, wait, that, Keith, you couldn't write Keith that story. Curl, Keith, Keith Curl was playing in that center back for Wolves at that time as well. Steve Bull was playing, so Wolves had a really, really good team. Oh, that's fantastic! So, I mean, that you you got a, a 17 league debut coming on and you're scoring. I mean, yeah, and then the following game, in front of you, the, the following game was crazy because we traveled to Barnsley away. And again, we were we were drawing one one, and he's brought me on again. And I got a ball the halfway line, and I took on about three four players, and I scored again. And no way! When, yeah, yeah, it's one of my best goals. I took on about three. I just like jinked inside about three four players, and then I just slotted a goal. And um, and so after that, they just said, "Look, we're going to give you a three year contract." Three year contract was it? And super sub nickname. <laughs> yeah, and then and I kept well, on scoring. Well, Every time I came on, I kept on scoring or creating goals. And did you not come across that guy again? Who said you never make a professional player? Oh yeah, he's now a Charlton. Still? Yeah, he's the head of youth academy. Steve Avery. So, so hold on a minute. So you've got through three thousand odd kids down to the last thirty, scored a hat trick, and he said you'll never be a. What? That, that's yeah. a little bit. I, I don't know. I, I think that time, you know, it was a little bit difficult to understand. And, you know, we are 15 years old, 14 years old. You just, I don't know what you do. I, I knew I did well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, right. At the beginning, I wasn't training, wasn't so much. Maybe it was my body language, maybe in the training sessions and everything. But, you know, every, some body language is different to um, how you play in a game and stuff like that. So I, I, I get I get that, mm. but if you scored a hat, there's something, there's something, there's something a little bit right. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I, I mean? My Marv, you know yourself, Andrew. I don't know if you've been in a system that sometimes you can do as much as you want. If they don't fancy you, they don't fancy you. You know, and That's it's true. something that yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and I've been to many clubs I've played for that. You know, well, so I was at uh, Millwall and the Billabons when I transferred from Luton to Millwall. Uh, done really well, you know, and um, the new man, Billy Barnes left, the new boss, new managers came in, they just didn't want me there. Yeah, that, yeah. that's um, but unfortunately, yeah. So he's now at Charlton, and funny enough, later on, one time I think went back to Charlton to the training grounds and everything, and I met him, we spoke, but you know, do you remember? Did he remember you? Of course, of course, he did, he did, but um, and I, I did say to him, like, who oh, I. I think I made it. Then you think <laughs> so it's like he just laughed it off and he just said, like, it's the time and the moment. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't hold grudges, you know. I, no. I think it's the right place at the right time, if you're lucky. Of course, of course. Yeah. Left oh, back. Definitely. Right back. Right back. Oh, right back. Scott so, Minto. Yeah, right, right back. Scott Minto's right left back. back. Is come a, oof, right back is a really, really tough one. Um, I played. I did, I did, I, Sorry? Go on. I was going to say, I, I, did, I think you could have played someone right back who. You probably might have not even thought about. Talk about it. Carry on. I've got one here, which um, I've got two actually. Um, he was really good. Uh, again, two different clubs. Uh, the two clubs I transferred to, um, I was at and I went to can- our club. So that's the only two right backs I can really think of. He, they really went on to do really good stuff as well. International? Uh, yes. One was a. Do you want the name of the country? Well, which Scotland, club? Scotland. Which one? Pick one first. Scotland. Pick one Scotland. first. Scotland. Yeah, I think Marv has got to, got to get that one. Scotland. Which one are yeah. you going for? Uh, it's really, really tight one. Um, Who's the other one? I'm, I'm not sure if one. this one made England. I think he might have got into the England squad, but I'm not too sure if he did or not. The one that, uh, the first one, the Scotland one, yes, yeah, became a Scotland international. Scotland, I think Marv yeah. heard that one. I think yeah, Marv, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the Luton lads will probably agree. Andrew's a Luton fan as well. So Andrew, that's why Andrew, we, we could, Andrew's a Luton fan, so he knows that. The other one, he actually got transferred to Chelsea as well after Scott Minter. And he can play both left-back and right-back. Transfer to Chelsea? He also played for Bolton Wanderers. He went from Charlton to Chelsea and Chelsea to Bolton Wanderers. Did Clayton Blackmore ever go there? No, that's no. Man U. No. No, that's no, you know, you know, I was thinking... Yeah. And he was, he, there was only four of us from the Charlton Academy that came through. John Silako's brother, Andy Silako, myself, this right back. Oh! Did you mention him already? No, I haven't mentioned him. What? Um, so we were the only four players out of 28 got signed pro. The rest was released in my age went, category. And he went to Chelsea. He went to Chelsea? Yeah, he played with us for a long time. And then he, when I left, later on, he later left. He left for good money as well. I don't remember this guy playing for Bolton, though, the one I'm thinking of. I'm just thinking of um, um, Barnes. Barnes? Yep, you got Barnes? it. Andy Barnes. Yes, Anthony yeah, Barnes. that's what I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah. I didn't think, he was I didn't like, like steady Eddie, very consistent. I didn't know he had Bolton, though. I didn't know yeah, he Bolton. played for Bolton. And he... Um, he was very good at both left and right foot, you know. Uh, Scott Minto was predominantly left-footed, but we had a very, very good balance in, in terms of, as a utility player, he can play left, he can play right. Um, but I think maybe Greza had something more about him than Anthony Barnes, yes. um, Graham Alexander, you yeah. know. Yeah, he was full of energy, loved to get forward. He tracked back, you know. You know, he was, he was in a very, very good right foot. And it's a good football footballer. And he had a good football brain as well. Yeah. 
Well, he's yeah, doing absolutely just... sensational at Motherwell at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He done well before when he be with that uh, Salford, uh, wasn't Scunthorpe? he? So, Scun- yeah, Salford as you well, wasn't Scun- he? Well, was so that Scunthorpe and Salford? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He took Salford yeah. up, didn't he? You know, I, f- I feel a bit sorry for him what happened to him at Salford, but you know, it is what it is. Football. It is yeah. what it is. But yeah, but no, yeah, good. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a good right back to have for, for struggling. By the way, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's struggling. I'm struggling for a right back. He said at the start, he's not a bad right back to speak. To yeah, no, no, I'll probably go for. So he's either Anthony Barnes or, but there are other international players I played with, but. In terms of quality, in terms of um, penalty taking, Brezza technically was brilliant. You know, I think right. you know, he was he's a right. good pass with the ball. Excellent. So right. we move to centre backs. Ooh, this one. I think we might have a couple of internationals thrown in here. I think we have. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised we've not had none yet. Internationals yet. Okay. He is um, a Ghana international. Ghanaian international. Yeah, and he played for one of the biggest clubs in Europe as well. Play for Bayern Munich. Yep. Oh, oh I think it, Andrew's Daniel? got it. Daniel? No. Is it? No? Who's it then? I think it's Sammy Kafour. Correct. Yes, that's it. I forgot about that's him. It. Manchester United, last minute. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. Banging on the floor. Yeah. Yeah, very, very solid. He was not... He was like your... He was like your height, you know, but he was slimmer than Newbar. And the guy was fast and like... He had a head like a coconut, and like he can just head the ball as you as you can ping it. And but technically, he was very very good on the ball, very aggressive. But he was strong. I hated playing against him, in even in training, he was just so physical. Like he was like a stick. But I don't know if you play some some strikers that are really slim, right? But you can't you can't. And I've played against some players, some defenders. Like you think that oh you you brush them aside, but they're very very tough. And, very uh, tough. But he, yeah. what he did was he was able to read the game really well. But the only downside of him was that he relied on his pace too much because sometimes he thinks that he will give you a half a yard. He knows that he's going to he's going to right. catch, catch you because he was very, very quick. And I think in those gen- that time, those years, um, compared to now in the Premier League, uh, centre-half weren't as quick, right. yeah. as, as athletic as they are now because now it's about pace, speed, power, you know, technical ability on the ball, composure. Um, not, not, not just, re- but because Marv is probably one of the quickest centre backs we played. When he started off, he was he was slow to start off. You, Marv, but when you got in your stride, nobody can catch you. Um, so yeah, because I wanted, I wanted I wanted to test myself. I wanted to give people a chance to see if they can get away from me. Yeah, and then yeah. I wouldn't get to. I always like to test myself. Yeah. So no, but no, really, you you that, that kind of centre half that you always. You you want to give somebody half a yard, and you knew that you can get back with your pace. You were that quick. You were that athletic. You know. Mm. Well, well, trust me. That, that, that you didn't look like an athlete. Huh? Well, trust me. That wasn't my thinking to let them go. <laughs> 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 if, 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 if I could, as I found out later on, as I as I got more experience, as if I could read the situation, I'd rather get there yeah. a lot quicker sooner than than them. By the way, but yeah. I mean, just going into your. Um, Touching on because it's international career now. Um, it says, I mean, it could probably could be wrong. Seven internationals, but I mean, how many? I mean, how did it come about? I mean, your first ever call up. I mean, what was that like? I mean, for you, to yeah. Call the, up actually, the first call up was when I went to Luton, and I don't know if you remember. Uh, thank you. See, thank you. You can thank us <laughs> later. Thank you. See, okay. you didn't want to yeah, come, so, but look, thank you. 
it, it was a strange one because I was I because I was doing quite well at Luna the, the first six months. I was doing quite well. And um the next minute I got a phone call and there was a couple of uh, there was a World Cup qualifiers and the African Nations Cup as well. And um and that's when uh, I got a phone call and Lenny said, look, Ghana's called you up. Uh, you fancy going? I don't really want you to go uh, because I'm going to, because there was a World Cup and the qualifier, qualifying, qualifiers in a space of like three weeks. So he's going to miss me for three weeks. And I think Thorpe was, I, I'm not sure if Thorpe was injured and he was short of strikers and he didn't really want me to go. But then I, we discussed about it. He said, look, if you go, don't just, don't get injured. Keep yourself fit. And, you know, it's your, I can't, den- he can't deny me um, the chance of getting an international cap. Yeah. You know, and it, it won't be fair on me. And he said, look, but, so you give me my blessing. So I went. And then we played, I think the first game we played against Morocco away uh, at home. And I was in front of like, like 60, 70,000 fans. And uh, like, I mean, like literally people were climbing along on the, um, what do you call it? Uh, the scaffolding of the uh, floodlight. Like literally, it's like a swarm of bees. You know, when you look, we stand in the middle of the pitch, you just see like, just eyes, white eyes, all stuck to the... And, and did you start, Kim? Did you start? Yeah, yeah, I started. I scored as well. So that was oh. my debut goal and everything. Uh, we drew 2-2. And then we had a second return leg. We lost 1-0. Then also, then, then the following game was South Africa. Uh, we went to Pretoria. Again, that was like full state, 80,000. Um, well, we had a... That team should have actually qualified for the World Cup because we were that generation where it was unbelievable team. Unbelievable. And um, we didn't qualify. And later on, Michael S. Michael S. generation were the ones in 2010, I think. They qualified for the World Cup for the first but our generation was like ridiculous, the quality of play. And um, yeah, so that's where it really started, really, from Luton. Went from there. Like I said, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I played about rough, again, the stats are wrong. I played around about 14 um, national games. Yep. I scored, right. I think, around four goals, four or five goals. But I was in and out, in and out, because uh, at that time we were fighting um, rele- relegation with uh, Luton. And Lenny wasn't really too happy. And at that time, he said, look, Kim, we're paying your salary. We need you here. You can't keep globetrotting to with the national team for friendlies and stuff like that. So in the end, I kind of pulled back on it. And he was right, in a way, because as much as I was playing with national food, but after the World Cup qualifiers, you know, they, they wanted me to go and play in the King's Cup in Dubai and just for a friendly, you know, just for financial gains for the Ghana Federation. So... I said to them in the end, I said, look, my club's paying for me. They just bought me, blah, blah, I can't keep going, playing out in Flanders and everything. And then since then, once I say that, they, they didn't really call me back again. So I just... I just oh, they got a bit back. of an arsehake, do you think? Or... Wow. Sorry? Do you think they got a bit of an arsehake with you saying yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, they did. They did. But also the fact that it's, I, I was getting tired because of the travelling all the time and I was in and out. I started to get injured. I'm sure Marv will tell you about it. I started to get injured with my hamstring. And I think that was just tiredness, always traveling and really, and even one time I flew back, I flew back in the morning and we played Derby County away. I don't know if you remember, Marv, the Sturridge, Sturridge was playing up front. We, oh. we won 2-1 we won and I came up, uh, I started and I, yes, I arrived yes. that morning yes. and I played the game and we played Derby away. We traveled to Derby and I came and about, we, we won 2-1. I scored that goal. That I remember it, I remember it. Game. And we went on a good run from then on and we nearly got out of it 
But you were you can't believe you flew straight in from Africa. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like dead. So it's uh but I played a game, the whole game, and I think it took me off the last 80 minutes. And we won the game really well. He showed up the defense. Thing. And I think we went on a good seven games unbeaten to uh, excited to get into the playoffs. I don't know which side of the that was in when right. we were in League One. Um so I don't know which side I think we were pushing for the playoffs and we lost. We didn't we lose in that we stoke you know, over the two legs. The crew Crew, crew we played. I don't remember Stoke. Crew we played over two legs. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, we played two legs, home and away, and then we lost. It was crew. It was crew. It was crew. Because we were were the far the best team in that league. Yeah, it was crew. It was crew. Um, crew. Yeah, and that was was like a nail on the head, really, for for us. I think it was a great chance for us to go up. That was. We did it. Yeah. We had a very, very strong squad. Kerry Hughes, Tony Thorpe, Greza, yourself, Mitchell Thomas, uh, Waddock. Harvey, uh, yeah. Ian Fior, we had a very, very, very good Steve Davis. We had an unbelievable yeah. team. We did. So, set other right. centre back next to Sammy Kufour. Uh, I'm sure you would get this one. He played for Burnley, came from Burnley. Steve? Yeah. Yes. For me, he was one of the best centre backs, I think, uh, out of the top division. I don't think he got the opportunity to play as high as he could have done. Um, Good ball, centre center half, you know, very good in the air, very dominant, very powerful. And I think you guys, obviously, Marv, you is your partner, and I think you must yeah. love playing we, with him because you two have great chemistry, yeah, understanding. Still, still, still speak to Steve now quite regularly, quite a lot. I mean, he started off at Southampton as a kid. I mean, yeah. and and just, just originally for him, probably the Burnley thing was, I mean, yeah, I think he, he, I mean, he, he played a couple of games, but he didn't really have that breakthrough. But believed in himself and to give himself a chance to go somewhere else because Bernie came in for him and um, he took the opportunity. And like you said, I think you know it's he should have really maybe like played a lot higher because I mean the, the ability he had, like he was strong in the air, tackle, um, could score goals, comfortable on the ball. He really was um, a top top player and still a great friend. So. Yeah, totally get that I think one. the only the only downside with him was I think his pace on the turn. Maybe that. I think Maybe. when he was facing the play, he was brilliant and he can read mm. the game, he can get in front of you. I think when he had a get when a striker faced him with pace, mm. he just couldn't, you know. I remember that the first time I played against him was he was playing for Burnley and he we played at uh, the valley and I kind of just w- drove past him and then I we we knocked out. We beat them two uh, 0 I think. And I, right. I created the first one, and the second one I just just dribbled. I, I forget. I think I've got it on video. And I just <laughs> left him for dead, you know, because I just came at him and I just turned and I just span off him really, really quick. He just well, you, you, well, you, you you weren't exactly slow, Kim. So I mean, <laughs> so you know what I mean. That yeah. that was a big asset of yours. Um, but yeah, no, I thought he was a uh, it was a. Good captain as well, a good leader. Yeah. And I think um, not so much. He didn't say much off the, on the pitch. Or off the, he just led by example. And yeah. I think that was, that I agree. was, uh, that was a big part of him. Yeah. You know, he was a silent captain. But Fantastic. If he said I think you'll listen. Yeah. Awesome. So what we can do is we're going to pause it there. And, and then when we come back, we will hear Mars 60 seconds. And we'll also hear from the rest of Kim Grant's My Best 11.
Welcome back to the second part of My Best 11 with King Grant. So far, Nigel Spink, Graham Alexander, Scott Minto, Sammy Kafour, and Steve Davis. I'm going to hand straight over to Marv right now for Marv's 60 seconds. Okay, Kim. First answer that comes in your head, Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. VAR or no VAR? No VAR. Favourite of a sport? Golf. Best ground you've played at? Ooh. Oh, wow, that's a good... Old Trafford. If you could change one rule in the game, what would that be? That's a hard one. Um, All right, sorry. Don't worry, uh, come back. Leave that one, okay. leave that one. We'll come back. Golden goal or penalty shootout? Penalty shootout. Pie and chips, fish and chips or pasta? Pasta. Beer, wine or spirit? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, funniest teammate or player you've ever um, come across? Sorry, can you repeat that? Funniest teammate or player you, you've ever come across? Definitely you. Me? Me? You and Thorpe. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, if you wasn't a footballer, what would you have done? A chef. A chef. Oh, okay. Um, and one more, Marvin. One more? Okay. I'm just trying to think. Best player you have seen not, not played on the same field you've seen live uh Cantona no, so, so so if you so on a Saturday Saturday afternoon who's who do you look at or who do you scroll through on the internet to find their score first um probably uh but probably Charlton you would say Charlton yeah but um most most because I'm now a professional coach and everything um I tend to look at the teams that have been playing really well tactically, like the management, like uh, Mourinho, Klopp, um, Guardiola. You look at these top, top, you know, how they set up their teams. So you tend to look at those results and watch their games, either highlights or and see how the pattern of play is going and stuff like that. So you, and also, you know, coaching sessions and stuff like that. So that's, so I tend to look at those kind of, because obviously I want to improve as a professional coach myself. I want to get new ideas. I want to, um, obviously, I'm director of football for developing football clubs as well. So that's part of the reason. So um, I maybe I've got a little bit of affiliation with obviously my former clubs, Luton, Millwall. I tend to kind of see how they're getting on. Um, but if you're looking at the top teams, I tend to probably say, I don't know, Man City because maybe and Man City and Liverpool really. Yeah, Marv's a, a Liverpool fan. So we'll. Yeah. Liverpool fan, yeah. <laughs> excellent excellent right. so we'll get back to the best 11 you're playing two are they holders is that how you play them or what you yep. how you playing them um, well there'll be two holders but one tends to sit a little bit more and in the other one supports the, the attacking midfield player the, the number 10 role so um, but th this one was really tough because you know these are some top top players that I played with and internationals Internationals, all of them. So and all the, the rest of my squad is all internationals that I played Ghana, with. for Ghana. No. Nope. <clears throat> okay. Excuse me. Um, all right. First so one. Then, give some clues. So one of them is a Belgian. Was a Bel former Belgian national player because I played in the Belgian Premier League. So I played with him. He came through the the youth at the club I was at. Then he went and became a Belgian international. Then he moved. He went from there to Holland. To play for one of the big top sides. PSV? He played for PSV, yes. But before oh. PSV, he went some before he was at another club in Belgium. 
But from my club, he went to that club, then he went to PSV. Very, very, very good defensive midfield player. He eventually actually went to play centre-back. And he played in the World Cup, not, but two World Cups ago. I he, played at Old, he, played, he came and played at Old Trafford as well when they played in the Champions League. Very oh good God. friend of mine. I, I should know that. I'm not, I'm, I mean, Andrew? I played I mean, with him three years. I think you know him if I mention the name. Yeah, but I know. He was, but cap- I, he was captain for Belgium as well. I know, but I, I mean, because obviously, like I said, we, we do research. And so, like, even though, I mean, I don't have them written down, yeah. like, like literally written down, but I, I, I think, oh, I'm thinking that he could be someone he could pick. Oh, I ain't got it. No, I ain't gonna get it. Go on, Andrew. No, go on. No, go on. Say it. Tell us. Timmy, Timmy Simmons. Should have got that. <laughs> Should have got that. What a player he was. Absolutely brilliant. His lifestyle was healthy. Fitness-wise, he can run all day up and down. Uh, and defensively, he was just solid. Nothing get past him. Do good timing of his tackles. Technically very good. He played it simple. He won his tackle and then he just gave it. was like a Kante, but it's taught, it was like a Emmanuel Petit. Right. Okay. Okay. Similar okay. sign of stature, but just it was an elegant player, but he was like no nonsense. And and he was just he came from the ranks, team. you said. He came from the yeah, ranks. He came so from that... my club, Lomo SK. It's now, mm-hmm. I think there was one of the clubs Man United and uh, Man City owned in Belgium. Okay. So I was because that's when I was a Millwall, I got transferred to um, the Premier League in Belgium. So I was playing against uh, Anderlecht and stuff like that. So yeah, I was going to ask. Yeah, so, so, so how did that come about going abroad? I mean, it's not. It's it, it came, especially it, it wasn't came about back when um, after my three years at Millwall, um, I wasn't happy. And obviously during that, I was you're never playing. happy. You're never happy. <laughs> I was playing. I was still playing international football, and obviously I met a lot of players who were playing in Germany, in Belgium and stuff like that. And through the international football, an agent approached me and said, look, Kim, I like the way you are. There's a club in Belgium, Premier League, looking for a striker. And then I don't know if you know Joss Dardens. Have you heard of the name? His Josh son Darden. played for Genk, Joe Dardens. Well, no. um, he's the head coach of that club. And he liked, and I don't know if you remember, Mark Ford, he played for Leeds United. Yes, Ford. yes. I remember Mark Ford, he, yeah. Yeah, so he signed me. And then Mark followed me afterwards. Um, right. To he was a midfield player, and uh, yeah, that's how. So the agent said to me, "Look, they're going to." So I think they offered about hundred thousand pounds for me for Millwall, and I wasn't I wasn't happy because I think uh, Keith Stevens and Alan McCleary were, were joint manager. They're diehard Millwall people, and obviously <laughs> I'm from Charlton. I went to play for Millwall. There was kind of because Billy Barnes brought me there, so I think there was kind of that Charlton sentimental against me there. Right. Uh, but I've already been there for three years anyway. So um, uh, so I just thought, no, nah, I need to go because I didn't want to be in that environment. And then, yeah, and I also thought that, no, I want to I want to have something different. I played in the UK for 14 years at a top level and to experience new football, new uh, to broaden my own experience. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I took the chance to go there and I spent two years there. And that's where Timmy Simmons was at that time, was like 19 and something like that, 20 years old. And from that day I saw him, I said, this guy's going to be like top, top player because he was playing first team at 20. And I think I was like 28 or something. Yeah. So, oh, excellent. Yeah, so All right. Really, really good. Okay. Excellent. So next to Timmy Simmons is... Right. This one is a tricky one. Um, it's another international, but there's two internationals. But one of them I played with, he came through the academy with me. 
He's now a professional coach, but I'm not going to choose him, but I'm going to give you the other one that I think we'll choose over him. Um, he's now a coach now in the championship. Lee Bowyer. Yeah. Well, this one, this is not the one, is it? No, this is not the one, but... Yeah, but you, he, you, can, tell, you can just tell, tell us tell us. Yeah, it's Lee Bowyer. Yeah, Lee Bowyer. So he's Birmingham yeah. manager. Yeah. Lee Bowyer. So, yeah. So he was one of the ones I can pick. But this one, he was with me at Millwall. Right. And, and he's an international, yes? And he's, not from, he's not English. I know. Is he, is he Australian? Yep. As a holding midfielder? Well, that's, no, that's what I'm saying. Timmy Simmons will be the holding. I was going to say, because Timmy Cahill, who it is, he's, <laughs> he's Australia's highest... Right. He's, he's Australia's um, highest ever goal scorer. Yep. And, yeah, he was, he was my boot boy. Funny enough, he was my boot boy at Millwall. Okay. I mean, I okay. He got upset with, with me every time I didn't give him 50 quid for a Christmas bonus. So, But he, he always, I still speak to him some now and then. And uh, I said, hey, you better give me start. you got more money than me now, so you better start giving back my bonuses. <laughs> No, he's just cracking up all the time. So, yeah, Timmy, Timmy, because <clears throat> he started obviously, he's an all-round midfield player. Yeah, he started in that Timmy. position, though, didn't he? Uh, and then he obviously then started to get pushed further forward when he went to Everton after Millwall, or started off at Millwall. No, well, Millwall, he was like, only got pushed forward, forward, didn't he? All the yeah. time, you know. Um, he was very attacking man. But the the good thing about him was that he was able to get back. He was just full of energy. Um, and the thing is, what well, the funny thing about him was. He will hardly touch the ball in a game. <laughs> but he would come up with a goal. Yeah. You know, and he would come up with a spectacular, or you would just come up far, he's only like five foot eight, yeah. and he would just get up above six foot centre arch from the back and just pops it in. And like, and he gets man of the match in that. But he was a good footballer. He had a very, very good football brain. His positioning was excellent. Uh, and he just, he just knew where to go. He was a bit like a David Platt. Yeah. I mean, a pro- pro- probably a little bit more I mean, mobile, but and, yeah, but he had that kind of David Platt. You would never seen him again, and you just pop up with a goal. Yeah, but, and he did that with but, England and Villa when he was uh, all the time. And uh, but technically, he was very good. He had a good, you know, ability on the ball. Um, yeah, and probably one like, of those, I say, on. probably one of those midfielders where if you had him and you brought him or signed him, you're probably guaranteeing yourself 15, 16 goals a season yeah. with someone from like that midfield, because, yeah. you know, from and, midfield. You know, as, yeah, and as striker, you know, sometimes, you know, people always rely, if you start scoring a lot, people start just relying on you. And if, if you've got players like that who can chip in like him, Limboya, yeah. you know, other players that who are able to chip in the goals, it takes a little bit of pressure, pressure off you as well. So that's why he did really well. And he contributed a lot of, and that you saw him in the World Cups as well, the goals he scored. Yeah. Um, he just ghosts in the glides in there and just hides behind. Definitely. Perfect. Definitely. So, We've got Timmy Cahill. We've got the Timmies in in the holding positions, or not, yeah. even though they're not fully holding. I, just hold you there, Andrew. I can go back to the right back, Lucas Neal, as well. I was going to say, I was going to mention him, Lucas Neal. Yeah, Lucas Neal. Yes. Millwall had quite a few Aussies back then, didn't they? Yeah, we had a... So, we're going to go to the three. Yeah. Are you going to go left, right, or middle? And um, we're, going, we're going to go left side first. Right. Um, okay. It's a former Evertonian. He played for Everton. Very, very, very good player. Very short, very quick. Even international as well. I think he played international. I think he did. You said they're all internationals, you said. Well, I think he did play 100%. He must have been international. Short. Yeah. I ended up playing with him at Scunthorpe United when I was there. Oh. Very, very tricky. Very skillful. I was going to say, 
is it? I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, Peter Bigri? Yes. Wow. Wow. That one was pulled out. Wow. I told you. We do our research. I'm thinking uh, Peter Bigri. Wow. That is, I would never thought you might have got that unless I like kind of went into a bit more. No. Nah, Bigri, what yeah. player he was. Um, you didn't know which side he was going to go, left or right. It was like winger. He was a proper winger. Like um, I'm trying to think what to compare. He was like a hazard. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's. Right. Hazard was much more stockier, you know, and but the same height, and he was just unbelievable. And like you, you think that he's going to cross it, and you just cut back inside. You think that he's going to cross it, and you just see defenders just going sliding past him all the time. And next minute, you would just think a little delicate ball to Ian Omenroyd. <laughs> no, but, but Kim, wouldn't that be frustrating for someone like yourself, a striker who's, who's going to make a run, and now he's not putting it the ball in the no, but it's because I think I think you you know that what players do do ability they're, they're, is. So with Peter Brieger, you knew that you have to wait a little bit before you make a decision until you see that he actually beats the man, and then he gets his head up to. So I think once you play with a player for right three months, and I think. If you're an intelligent football player yourself, Marv, you know you you know that um, you you know the strength and weaknesses of your fellow players. So yeah. that's where, um, yeah. But yeah, it can be frustrating at times. Um, but then sometimes you make the run and you should give it, but you just check back and he will just use his right foot, cut inside, and just puts in the top bin. And you're like, all right, excellent. All right? Peter Gree, Peter B. Gree. There we go. Good work, Marv. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's Marv. You, you surprised me on that one. <laughs> you you'll get this one. Maybe you you'll probably oh. get this one. Well, which one is uh, one? The middle or the right? We're going right side now. We're going right side. Okay. So this this the front four is going to like top top front front four will be really good that I played with. Uh, again, my former player at Charlton, and he got sold for big money. One of the first players to be sold. To Newcastle? Yeah. Play for England? Yep. And he's got two sons who yeah. are currently doing pretty well themselves. Like one's yeah. at Schultz. Is one of them back one's at Schultz? Charlton, I think. And, yeah. uh, and the other one's up in school oh, last time. I Scotland. Heard. Scotland. Scotland, yeah. Lee? Yeah, I'm not too sure Rob- where he is yet. Robert Lee? Yeah. Yeah. That was quite an easy one. Yeah. I played with him for eight years, uh, six years at Charlton. What player he was, you know, um, very, very consistent. A similar type of bigger as well, you know, uh, left and right. Uh, but he was more direct and he can just dribble past you. Low central gravity. Uh, great lad. Yeah. He was a brilliant lad. Uh, very, everybody loved him. The fans loved him. You know, I think before, I think he was working on the terraces and then he came through and he got, yeah, it's, he started off in the terraces as a fan and everything and he came through. And uh, yeah, he, we sold him to Newcastle for, I think, for a a million and a half. So, he was, and he was he was a legend yeah. up there for years. Wasn't yeah, he? yeah, he was brilliant, mate. And uh, yeah, he would score. And he wasn't prolific, but what he did was he create. He was very creative. He would drag a lot of people to him, and then he would just pop it off. Yeah, um, yeah. So a very, very good, very, very good player. Two, yeah, and he was around. Because I didn't. I was surprised that you would never get. But you got. And it. he was around for a while as well. Yeah, he that, was in that era when that's probably why I didn't get as many England caps. Because he was yeah. around in that era when particularly 
Yeah. Obviously, he was kind of going through the Euro 96 one and then Hoddle decided to do just bring kids in. All he wanted was kids with Beckham and Skulls and people like that. Yeah. So. I think he got into the link on the, around 28, I think, he later stages of his career. And that's when yeah, was I think really he was in the France squad, wasn't he? I think he was in the French yeah. the France Kevin Keegan, squad. Yeah, Kevin Keegan brought him to Newcastle. Yes. Right, that's when the era of Kevin Keegan. Yep. Excellent. So, Rob Lee, I mean, Peter Beagery. Wow. Yeah. There's a couple of people. I mean, I know you're not going to mention him now because I mean, I don't think I can mention him now because they're not going to be in, as in the middle. Um, you played John Robinson. Yeah, Robbo. I've got him down here as well. But I think overall quality and Robbo. Yeah, Welsh international. Uh, good friend of mine. We travelled. We were together for seven years on the Brighton wagon with Steve Brown, another right back. Steve Brown. You know, um, um, Nicky ben- Bennett. Yeah, Benno. You know, so there is a. There is some good core of players that I played with, um, but it was me, Gary, me, Gary Nelson, John Robinson, and Steve Brown. We all lived in Brighton, and <laughs> we were on the Brighton wagon bus. Like basically, we take turns to um, drive up each day uh, to go to training. So it was it was a good banter during that, those times. So we had a good core of, uh, and part of the reason also the reason why I think I left um, Luton Town. I got fed up with the travelling because I didn't move up. I right. stayed in Brighton. So I was driving every morning, like five o'clock to training. So it took me about two and a half hours past the Heathrow M1. And, and I'm surprised you didn't look at the train. The train, because it was a train goes from New Yeah, even the train was like... Victoria, yeah, it was like hectic. But and still, I didn't want to move up to Luton. But at least you could sleep on the train. You could just chill yeah. on the train. Yeah, I know, but I was just getting up so earlier because the trains were actually been earlier. So, you know, when you got your own car, you just want to get in a car. Right. And, just up. Um, and at times, on a ma- before match days, I would just stay on a Friday. Um, I think I stayed at your place sometimes. I yeah. stayed at Kerry Hughes or mm. the, the gaffer put me in the hotel. So it just got, everything just got on top of me. And I just, it just didn't like it really, to be honest with you. I think I... Seeing Charlton go up and us trying to get back up and everything, I just, I think it was best for all both both parties. And uh, I said to Lenny, Lenny, look, uh, I'm not really happy. And I think it all stemmed from that night. We went, I went out. We carry you. <laughs> I told that. That's one of the funniest stories. I keep telling people like, but you still, you, st- I mean, you did, you admitted it in the end. You admitted it in the end because obviously you went to see him, which is which is fair enough. But like, it's like. No, I wasn't out. Yes! Oh, no, was you out last night? What's this? Okay. Hang on. So, go back, go back. Okay, sorry, let's rewind. Sorry, sorry. So, I think, I think, who's you stayed at my house at night? Did you stay at my house? I think my, No, I stayed at Kerry Hughes now. I was okay, supposed to stay at yours, and Kerry's injured. So, he That's asked right. me to go so, for dinner in Milton Keynes. So, so, what happened was, that like, Kim, um, Kim was sub. <laughs> I think you were sub the next day, weren't you? Your sub wasn't playing. And so yeah. Lenny's come in and it was like really surreal because like Lenny was just like quite quiet and got with things. So he's just going on, but he's talking about the we game. We lost the game, didn't we? We lost what? the game, I think. I think we lost we the game. We did lose the game, but but like it's, it's sort of like, but this is but this is before the game, though, Kim. He said no, this. no, it was after the game. You sure? Yeah, 100%. I was after the okay. game, I remember. All right, so anyway, so I thought it was before the game anyway. So 
is in the dressing room because I thought this was a football game because he's talking about, oh, <laughs> it was calm. He was calm. He was talking about, I thought he was talking about, oh, we're, we're playing so-and-so today or whatever. And he goes, we need to be doing this and we need to be doing that. We need to be nice and tight. And Kim's sort of like sitting there in the left-hand corner. So he's going, we need to be nice and tight. Yes! Oh, no, was you out last night? Kim's just sitting there, poker face, like, no. I will come down on you like a ton of bricks. Was <laughs> you out last night, Kim Grant? No, no, Gaffer. But then, uh, then I mean, you went to see him, didn't you? You told him. And Kerry Hughes was in the medical room, you know, the door where the medical room is. Right. Kerry, I can see, I'm sitting there, I can see Kerry's face literally in stitches. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I can't remember who's the physio. Oh, oh, um. I at that time, and I was just like, I just kept on seeing his face. He was in stitches on the medical bed, rolling over. Just <laughs> and Wade Turner is standing there, like, oh, I know you. You went out last night. I know you. So I didn't. And uh, yeah, later on, and I think afterwards, I think Lenny knew that I wasn't happy, and um, we had a good uh, man-to-man discussion. And then within a week, they sold me to Millwall. <laughs> 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 I went on loan to Millwall, and I, as soon as I got there, I scored. I played six games, scored five goals, <laughs> and then they, they bought me for two hundred grand. Um, hundred, yeah, two hundred grand. Oh no, hundred grand. So <laughs> I was just was I wasn't happy. So Lenny was a funny man. Oh, he was. We had him on he, here. He looked after oh, everybody. I think he he was very honest, and uh, he would give everybody opportunity. You know, if you do it for him, he will give you everything. The good thing that he had a soft spot for me all the time. So I was able to, uh, he, no, he looked after me in terms of that side of things. He knew that I wasn't happy for a while of traveling. I was just, yeah. and I started to get injured. You know, I think it's fitting in the car all the time in one one position. Who was it we spoke to? Who was it? Oh, it was Julian Watts, was it? Who spoke to him and he couldn't remember who he was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Julian Watts, well. He, he spoke, I think, we spoke to, we had Julian Watts on here and he said that you rang him up a few years later and he had no idea who Julian Watts. No, sad. That was but sad. You, 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 you had him on here, didn't you? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Lenny, yeah, Lenny's yeah, good Lenny as gold. Really. Lenny's good as gold. Yes, Lenny was right. good as gold. He was great. All right. So there's a central one, the one, the number ten. I think you'll probably get this one. Is he okay. was famous? He played for Marseille. Famous player. They won the European Cups, Winners Cup with Marseille. Mark Haley was there. Chris Waddle was there. He was a legend. He is a legend. Everybody knows him. And I think. Ghanaian international. Yeah. Um, uh, a, a, B, a, a BD Pele? A, a BD yes, Pele. Yeah. A BD yeah. Pele. What a player that is. He's probably he one of the best players. Great player. He was as high height of like Messi. He's like the same type of player. Just could not get the ball off him. We were playing a key ball session and you just couldn't get near him. And you think that you've cornered him and you just get out of it. He just, he just, and playing it was phenomenal. He was so sharp. I mean, like, he wasn't fast, but three, four, five metres, he's gone. Yeah. And he, he can turn on the sixpence with the ball. And the ball's, like, stuck to his foot. And that's... Yeah. And he was just so creative. And he scored some unbelievable goals. If you, if, It's a shame that we don't have enough videos of play, those players in those generations. But he was, like, phenomenal. And when he, I first, he, I was he, four of him. He scored, like... Um... Like, I mean, like you said, he scored some wonderful, great goals, and yeah. similar to the um, um, the the 
AC Milan one um, guy who went to, was he going to Leeds as well? That guy who set up forward. George Weir. George Weir, yes. Yes. Because yeah. yeah, like, he scored a goal. Remember, dribbling from like the penalty yeah. box. To Halfway like, line, yes. It oh. was just, the guy is still, it's, there were some brilliant African players, but he was, he was up there. He was, he was phenomenal. And um, that first time when I, when you're training with players, some players like that, and, and, it's not like everything is just so calm around them. Yeah. You know, and that's that's a sign of a, a top, top player. But they do things in a split second that you don't know how he does it. And that's... Yeah. And I, I assume like it was very... Like Messi and Ronaldo, you know, it's just something that... And the reason I chose Messi, I think... I know there is a, there's a debate between Messi and Ronaldo. Um, Messi is a, just a natural, natural football yeah. player. It's just natural. And I'm not saying Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo has to work and improve and develop into what he is. That's the difference. So I think comparison, you can't really do because physical attributes and mental side of things. But on paper, Messi is just a natural football player. He just is yeah. born with it. You know, it's something that you don't, you can't teach. You just, you just born with it. Yeah. Same as Maradona, same as... Abidi Pelling, he was just born with it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the difference. And I think it's very, I think when people comparing this, they're just comparing about the goals, the statistics. And right. If you look at the skills and the technical aspects, totally different. Messi can go past five, six players. Ronaldo can't really do that. No. He, he can go past a couple of players and he'll just get a shot off or something. And yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. That, that's my opinion. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, right. that's, that's what football's about. Yeah. About opinions and debate. That's, what, that's why we love it. That's why yeah. we love it. <laughs> so, right, so up who, front so is who, your main... Who's getting the centre forward spot? Ooh, I think you know this one. I don't even have to go. I think he's 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 one of the best strikers I think I've played with, and to this day he scored some amazing goals in the English Premier League against Liverpool and Wimbledon. That's all I'm going to say. Matt, probably the best volleyer of the oh, yeah. say best volleyer, but he's definitely up there. Um, volleys of the ball, and thankfully there is lots of video of this of those goals. Yeah. And uh, me, what he was, um, what he did with the football, the ball just even when the ball's like you got a bit of pellet behind him, and he just rattles the I mean, like pings the ball, and the ball just stuck to his foot. Yeah. And you get center halves like six foot five center half, he just does that, just palms them off, and they just can't get around him. How tall was he? Them. He How just rolls he? them off. Huh? Was he actually, was he talk? I can't. Yeah, yeah, he was about, he was like my height. It's like 5'10", but he was like stocky. Yeah. So people who... Talking about powerful, you know, and he was quick. He wasn't slow when he got going. um, It was, he was like 6'5", 5'10", somehow. Who are we talking about here, Kim, by the way? Just so... Tony Tony Yaboa. Tony Yaboa, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and... And for me, I, the good thing was, I was when we played national team, I played on the right side. I'd be the play on the left, and Tony play up front. So you know, on the right side wasn't really my my position. I can play behind or up, up top, but the way we played was I was just coming off the line and just going because I knew when the ball goes into Tony, and he wasn't selfish. That was the good thing about him. He was able to bring people into play and he was able to spot pick your runs, or he would just drop it off and then you get Abidi Pele just sliding you in or the other midfield players making a third man run. It, no, he was, for me, he was one of the best strikers all time. Every time you, 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 um, what I think of him is, is that one way 
the ball's bouncing and he cuts inside and he the, 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 hits hits that one for Leeds and it goes down the extension. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. That was was that the game's the Liverpool goal? It might have been. I'm not sure the, the, I oh, think that's the Wimbledon one. Wimbledon one. Yeah. It was like yeah. from 35 yards. And it was just run out of pace. The ball's he's got the ball is not in control, but he's still in control. It was yes. so weird. And then and then the Liverpool one as well was just phenomenal, that volley. Yeah, I've just I've actually just opened up just out of interest his goals to games ratio. Oh, he's, he's a legend at Hamburg. In his history, 415 club games, 187 goals. Yeah, he was a phenomenal goal scorer. And in and England, he was better, in the Premier League, he was better than um, a goal every other game. He's played 20, yeah. 47 games, 24 goals. Ooh. Just incredible, incredible stats. Yeah, so, no, and I think he didn't get... He doesn't get a deserved recognition, you know, because during that time you didn't really have the, all the statistics and yeah, as it is, all the technology, sports science they have now, like Sky Sports. Because if you look, I created a lot, a lot of goals for a lot of players when I played. Um, I it wasn't just about I scored goals, but with my runs and with my, you know, I created. I had so many assists, and um, and unfortunately, you, you know, people don't see that because that during that time. It wasn't recorded. That's it. People just saw goal scorers. That's it. Yeah. They didn't look at assists. They didn't look at how many sprints you did. You didn't look at, you know, how many passes you made. And I'm, I was the type of player that I wasn't somebody who wants to run the channels. I like to come into the hole and then make a deep run, you know, and stuff like that. And unfortunately, my that my generation, Marv's generation that time, a lot of those games were like, let's get it forward as quick as possible. And it didn't really actually suit me. The, the game gener- generation game now would suit me better than back then, and and I struggled at I didn't struggle at Millwall. I did really well. I played like fifty eight games. I scored eighteen goals, but um, but there was just long ball. You know, Keith Stevenson, Alan McLean just just wanted to hit the channels all the time, and they expected me to run in those channels, and I hated it. And um, but that's re- kind of really I chose Luton because we were a ball playing team. You know, we played from the back and we would try to play through the middle, um, apart from Marv. <laughs> tried, no, he he tried to run the ball through the middle himself. I tried to dribble. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I was, a, I was a striker born in the centre half's body. That's that's me. That's my excuse. That's why I dribbled. <laughs> I was a striker good, born in... The, the good thing was with ours, we had a various type of strikers. You had me, you had Tony Thorpe, you had David Ophield. And you knew that any of us can all play together. And you knew that David would always give a, if we were, if the back four is in trouble or anything and they, they just stuck into the corner, they yeah. knew that David will actually chase it down and at least put pressure on it. You know, he was an outball for everybody. Uh, regards to myself, Tony, we were more, a little bit technical, like the ball to feet. I was a little bit faster than Tony. Um, a little bit, jeez. Oh my god! A little bit. Bobby, <laughs> wasn't fast. He was. He was no, sharp. Bobby was very sharp, and he had a very sharp, short That's back swing. You know, he was sharp. Well, I'm, you know, and I'm not. I'm not. And I'm not digging in there. You was. You was. You was. You was pace. You had pace. You was quick. Bobby was not quick. Bobby was no, sharp. Thorpe, if you give him, he will give you. He will leave you four or five yards. But his main domain was around the edge of the box or in the box. You know, yeah. and you know that he's got amazing first touch, and he doesn't have a long back. Sw- he's got a short back swing. It's like a little flick, and the ball goes like yeah. a rocket. 
So you, the goalkeeper doesn't even have time to set himself and he's just in the back of the net. And that was, that was the difference between Tony. And um, he's, he's got this little jink in Marv. Yes, he's he has got a little jink, yeah. But he deserved his move to Bristol City and I think he did really well at Bristol as well. So Yes, yeah, definitely. So we have your 11. The last question yeah. we always like to ask people is who is the either the best or who is, in your opinion, your favourite manager? Some people manager. pick coaches. Um, under some people even gone all the way back to under 15s, under 16 coaches. Um, who would who would be the best one to manage this team? Yeah, me. <laughs> no. Um, in in terms of what anybody or anybody, well, any be, manager. Yeah, it could be an old manager, or it could be someone a mentor when he's a youth team player, someone who really that I, gave that you... I, I worked with. Yes, yes, okay. yeah, looked you after to... you. Yeah, or oh, looked after okay. you. Yes, um, I'm best eleven. Think. Hard hitting question. I think Alan Kirbishley or Lenny would love would love to work with this. I okay. think um, out of obviously, I worked under Sam Allardyce as well. Not counting, yeah, not counting, yeah. Yeah, but Sam will, will destroy this team, I think. I hope he's not, <laughs> I hope he's not listening to him watching this. <laughs> no, but then he had he built a quite a good team in that Bolton, that 10 years he was there. So yes, with he that, did. Yeah, Joe Koyef yeah, yeah, and everyone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So who are you going for? Are you going for Lenny I'll go or Sam? Curbs? Lenny? I'll go for Curbs. Okay, Curbs. All right. But didn't you play with did you play with Curbs as well? Yeah, we yeah. played he came from yeah. Brighton, he came as a player, and then and then he, Lenny left. Lenny left to go to Middlesbrough, and then uh, they made him play a manager uh, with Steve Grit, joint manager. And then the following year, they got rid of Steve, and then Kirbishley obviously carried on from there. And then we had a, we, it was really really good. And um, we he started off very slowly, and but he just grew into the job, and I think he got more respect. And and as you know, he done really well with Charlton Athletic for a very long time. You barely hear but of him. Anymore. Sorry. You barely hear of Kerbishley. Yeah, he's kind of semi-retired now. He's he's doing ambassador role for Charlton Athletic. You know, he's normally on the Charlton TV and stuff like that. But um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've never seen Greza coach, so it's a bit difficult because I, for me, to transition seeing Greza to be, and I'm sure for you, Mark, you might think this Kim going to be a director of football and be a head coach of a top team in Africa and in Asia and like it must be so surreal. You know, it's. No, but anyway, I mean, yeah, no, but I mean, I've, I mean, you, you did. I mean, that go, that moves on to our obviously last and final question. Um, what are you doing now? And then you can come into that. But even before you've got to where you are now, and you've done fabulous things with different teams and gone abroad and done it, you did fantastic things at Woking. I mean, I mean, the football they were playing and the stuff they're doing, and again, it's it's for me, it's it's a thing where. You don't get so many people don't get recognized for the good work, what they do. And and I, and I know, obviously, from knowing you, the, the time, the effort, the personal stuff you put in, which people don't see, right, yeah. to, to do that. So that's just a frustrating thing. So what, are, what, so what are you doing now, Kim, just so that all the listeners can know? Yeah, I'm now, obviously, I was technical director of football. Obviously, I've been director of football for various clubs in Asia, in Africa, and one of the biggest clubs in Africa. And and since I came back because of the COVID situation, I came back here and there's a guy who has a non-profit organization called, with a team called, he set up a new team called Prague Raptors. So he was being following me. He's a Leeds United fan, basically got his own company, Maya Lucas here, a marketing company. And uh, basically 
when I came back to Czech, we'd be in touch for a while. He was following me what I was doing because obviously he's a Leeds fan and Tony Oboa, you know, he's a big fan and that. So we got in touch and he asked me uh, if I would like to come down to, you know, see what I can do or help out because we're a non-profit organization and stuff like that. Yeah. So I came down and uh, during the COVID period, um, obviously all the football shut down a couple of years ago. So I was, it was for me to keep keep myself busy. So I went down and saw what the project he has. Obviously, he's got the ladies team. Um, I've just helped a bit start building the academy for him. Um, we've got a women's team now, now in the quarterfinals of the um, Czech FA Cup. We're the only amateur team out of all Czech Republic in the quarterfinals against all the top pro teams. And um, so we're playing on the 26th of February. That'll be live stream. So if anybody's watching. Right. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, and then we got it. We had an A team and B team. Uh, so yeah, so he built a really, really big, trying to establish. So we they start at the bottom. So we have had three promotions in three seasons. Yeah, so partly my my role is to bring some more professional put infrastructures in place. He's aware that I can leave any time. Um, so that's, but now obviously I'm more in control of the whole club and try to really develop the club as best I can. You know, we got players, we got over, over 60 uh, players from different parts of the world. So these are not professional players. These are students, um, players from US, players from Kazakhstan, players from Russia, players from UK. And we've built, you know, decent football players, you know, and um, majority of them are studying and stuff like that. So that's what I'm doing now with this football club. But obviously I'm not contracted to them. So um you know, I've been linked with the Ghana because I actually was uh, I was interviewed for the Ghana national team as a technical director. I was I was in the one and last six. I didn't get there, um, but I've, I last three years, four years, I was coaching in Ghana with the uh, biggest clubs there. And yeah, so that's what I've been doing. And I was obviously I did my academy here, and then from that I got a job offer in Asia with a brand new club in the Premier League in Asia, uh, Bangladesh. And I restructured the club again. They went on to play in the um, Asian uh, Champions League and stuff like that. Yes, and then Woking was, um, it was funny because I was doing my A line, B license. And then um, I had I applied for the job, didn't think I would, I would get it. And um, next minute I had a footing call when I was at uh, St. George's Park. He said, Kim, we want to interview you. So I was with uh, Steve Guinan and all that. And I said, look, can I get uh, go down to get interviewed? And then uh, they, I got a job. I was there for eight months. The club really was transitioned from, it was a semi-pro and he went from semi-pro to full-time. They nearly went down. So I had to, there was only like 10 players we had on contracts. So I had to rebuild the whole club, the, the, the recruitment. So I brought some really brand new players in uh, from France, from, from all my contacts uh, and all were on free. And even Thorpe, came down. I was going to sign Tony Thorpe as well. And after... We played seven games. We only lost one and we drew the rest. But I, the transition during the preseason, we were doing really well. And the transition was, I can see the progress. And the chairman said, no, I think a bit of, they want to change. And I said, okay, no problem. Thank you, Kim, for coming on. Thank you, I mean, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, it was great to hear from you. Yeah, fan. awesome. Thank so, you, Andrew. Thanks, um, Marvin. It's no, been thank, a pleasure. Thanks very much for your time. And that was Kim Grant's My Best Eleven. <laughs>